0: Hello and welcome back to the first episode of 2022 of A Need to Read with me, Ed Cunningham. As always, I hope you had a good break. I did. I read a lot of novels and I'll tell you about them in a moment. But before we get into this podcast on rethinking positive thinking, aptly chosen for this time of year because everyone's going to be positively thinking about their goals and I'm just here to fuck that up for you. I've got some science for you. and I've got a new book. Before we get into that, let's just have a quick chat about your mental health, because this year it might be the year that you decide to have a look at therapy. If it is, then, I mean, well done. It's quite a difficult decision to make, and to sit down in front of someone you don't know and tell them all your dirty little secrets, it takes quite a lot of courage. So fair play to people who are doing it. I've found incredible amounts of wisdom and knowledge through therapy and it's really helped with my life day to day and just dealing with stuff. And we have to deal with stuff until the moment that we die. So it's a good idea to get a handle on it. If you are hoping to get a handle on the way that you deal with stuff, then head to bethelp.com forward slash a need to read. You will then get 10% off your first month. That's fine. 10% is neither here nor there, but you'll be matched with a therapist within 48 hours. So from right now, if you went on there, did a five minute questionnaire in two days time, you'll be matched with a therapist. I was matched with a therapist in five hours when I did it, so you could be the same, but they say 48 hours as a caveat. So you know where to go, the link is in the description, it's 10% off, and therapy might just change your life. And you know what else will probably change your life, is being able to set goals properly and being able to achieve the goals that you set, because I mean, I feel like I'm in a perpetual cycle in life of setting goals and not really achieving them, and I would wager that I'm probably not alone there so a book like this it's quite important to understand how we've been misfed information about how to deal with goals and how to achieve what you want to achieve and this book looks at rethinking positive thinking and you'd be forgiven for thinking that I had a massive beef with people who think positively or use crystals or affirmations or vision boards Because I would definitely understand why you've come to that conclusion because it would seem to be the case. It seems I'm making a stab at these people all the time but I promise you that's not the case. I just want people to have good information about what seems to work for them and what seems to work for people in general. Because one of the things that annoys me the most um, about world which I guess kind of shows my privilege of this is what's annoying me is that people are just blasting out anecdotal evidence everywhere and expecting people to take that as gospel and people are taking it as gospel because maybe they don't read um, at all and they don't know where people are getting this information from so they just take it on face value I think that can be quite dangerous because people are going to be expecting things that they shouldn't necessarily expect from maybe meditation or reading or journaling or positive affirmations or making vision boards and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe I do have a little bit of beef with it, but I'm just gonna consider myself a little bit of a vigilante. I'm just gonna debunk a load of myths for you. And let's just start with positive thinking via Gabrielle Ottingen's book. She's a German psychologist and she works out of the States. Um she also works in Hamburg University, but the University of New York. So being a psychologist at the University of New York is probably quite an important um job, I feel like that would be quite a sought after job if you're a psychologist or a researcher and I guess that speaks to how good of a psychologist she is, she's probably pretty good, um, psychology professor, not psychologist, sorry, so this book essentially draws on 20 years of research of hers into dreams, now not dreams when you're asleep, but dreams when you're awake, some people may call them daydreams, Come, some people might call them visualisations or fantasies or you know what I mean, essentially. We don't have to give you all the synonyms. She, as a as a German, German people tend to have a reputation for being a little bit more honest than people who are not German. Um, when she got to America and she was asking people how they are and stuff like that, they wouldn't ask, answer honestly. And this gave her a little bit of an insight into just how the cult of optimism and positivity had spread through America. So... In her initial research, she found people who spend a lot of time fantasizing about their dreams and fantasizing about their goals. Those who spend a lot of time sort of daydreaming about what they're going to do don't tend to be doers, and I don't necessarily think that is a groundbreaking finding. I think people who tend to sit around and visualize everything and, and try and make everything clear in their head and 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 don't actually tend to do the work are, of course, not going to do the work. Um, and I'm interested in this, obviously because of what I said earlier about my beef with like positive thinking. And I think it mainly stems from the fact that for me, it just hasn't seemed to work. That's that is the bottom line of it. Uh, When I lived in Bali, I was seeing this girl and very kind of her. She brought me some crystals because I happened to have a uh, assist on my ass. That wasn't very nice. I don't know if people listen to the podcast then or if if I mentioned it then. Um, But assist in your ass is apparently a lot more regular than I thought it was. I was quite scared the fact that I was going to die um obviously I didn't I did make it through year but I did have a cyst on my ass and this girl lovely of her thank you very much um bought me a amethyst and a rose quartz and the rose quartz kindly was uh shaped like a heart so it was very sweet um a nice gesture but what she actually said was legit that I should lay down and meditate with the amethyst on my forehead and the rose quartz on my heart and that it might heal my ailment that is stupid because i'd just been to see a specialist and he was like well might need to operate on it but we're just going to leave it three three four more days and then just come back i don't think that laying with a crystal on my forehead would have done anything for my aris i could be wrong but i very much doubt that that's the case um however i did Put the four, I did I did, I did put the amethyst on my, on my head, essentially, for all of about three seconds. I'll never forgive myself for that. And that is why I've got such beef with it. Anyway, also, positive thinking. I hate it. I hate the whole, oh my god, everything's going to be amazing. Rainbows, rainbows, rainbows. We love it. And I worry. I often worry that that makes me miserable, but I really don't think it does. And the more that I've been reading about this, I think it means that I'm actually mentally healthy, which I have asked my therapist, and she seems to think that is the case, which... I'm buzzing with. Imagine that. I've been going to therapy for two years and finally I ask her the question Am I mentally healthy? And she says yes. I was absolutely buzzing. So she doesn't seem to think there's a problem with my positive thinking beef. And Gabrielle Ottingen doesn't seem to think there's a um, problem with my positive thinking beef because she's done loads of research on it. And before we get into it, I know I've been slagging it off quite a bit. Let me tell you what the positives are of. Um, positive thinking and having like visualizations and daydreams, because obviously the the messages around behaviour change are all about focusing on the positives, and that is lovely. I, lo- I, I people who are genuinely positive all the time they do amaze me because I, d- I just don't understand how they do it. Um, so when when people think the standard of positive thinking it's people who see the the glass half full, optimistic people, this isn't necessarily what that's about. This is more about people who are having positive fantasies and visualisations about their goals. Um, there are benefits to that. So it can reduce blood pressure um, when you positively visualise things happening in your life or you achieving goals. And it can make you really, really clear on what you want. Both of things, I guess, are great, especially if you've got high blood pressure. You can just spend your whole day visualising. You won't even have to take any medication. That is not medical advice, obviously, by the way. And I mean, even if it was. Can, can you sue me for that? I'm not a doctor. The onus is on you, yeah um there are drawbacks to that though, so that reduction in blood pressure directly impacts how sort of ready you are to get on with the work um and it kind of relaxes you a little bit too much. It can dissuade people from doing the work essentially, and like she's already said is that dreamers tend not to be doers. Um, And here's here's an experiment that she did um, on obese women so she can show sort of where positive thinking goes wrong. Now, the results of the study were what got got her attention sort of peaked and then she wanted to have a look at this further and this is what made her starting to have a look at negative thinking and mental contrasting that I'm going to go into um, in a little bit. So, after one year of studying the women... um, They'd said at the start of the year they were likely to lose weight and there are some people who said that they were probably going to have some problems with it um, and it doesn't really matter if it's based on their past experience that they've come to those conclusions. Is that women who had strong positive fantasies about slimming down, ones who positively pictured themselves looking slender and more attractive when they're going out with their friends and dressed up all nice and, and not ever really having any problems of battling their sort of hunger and, and urge to just eat... A- fucking loads of hobnobs I love hobnobs Um, they lost 24 pounds less than those who pictured it more negatively who pictured it actually being difficult who pictured like well giving into it like if I was to fantasise about losing weight I'd be like well there's definitely going to be a chance where maybe on 50 days of this year I'm going to buy a pack of hobnobs and eat the whole thing but that's that would be helpful Um, because essentially dreaming about achieving a goal doesn't really help it come to fruition that much and isn't that a shame because that's not what we're led to believe and that's what's annoying is that a lot of people are like hey visualise everything and everything will come right for you like, no mate, the science doesn't look at that um, and scientists are smarter than than you That's that's where I stand on it, I'm like right guys this information is out there it's available, why aren't we talking about it because it's not right for profit this is my problem with the well-being industry, and I know that I'm part of it. Um, I guess, but people are just selling stuff on on misinformation, and that's not okay. Um, so, essentially, the story of Dreamers, from what she said about people who had like lower blood pressure, they were a bit calmer. They just didn't start behaving in ways that were going to help them lose weight, say, uh, straight away. And that is a that's that's kind of what fucked them up. And she showed this was also the case when it came to graduates. Um, maybe there are some graduates listening. Maybe you're thinking about getting into the job market after your degree, and maybe you're thinking, "Oh, it's going to be piss easy. I'm going to have such an easy time with this. This is going to be great. All the good things going to happen to me." Maybe you've got some writing on a mirror that says, "I am employable." <laughs> Sorry, maybe that's what. Maybe that's what you've got. I don't think that's I'm, I'm not laughing at you, but I do just think maybe I am employable would be a wasted uh affirmation if if you were really keen on on doing that um but yeah, so she she found that graduates the more positively they felt about the gradu the getting into the job market, the more likely they were to be unemployed, the less money they were likely to have earned, the less interviews they would have gone to, and critically, the key thing here is sent fewer applications than the people who had done a negative thinking. So, like, should we just dismiss positive thinking altogether? That's kind of what I thought she was getting at in the book, and I was pretty buzzing with that, because I was like, right, well, we can get rid of it forever. Um, but that's not actually the case. If you use positive thinking correctly, it is helpful to plan for the future, and it is helpful to sort of, like, run simulations in our head and see see how things are going to... Um, pan out but the thing that you have to couple with positive thinking to make it work because here's the good news you can make it work is mental contrasting like i mentioned earlier now this seemed to work to a very high degree and all of the studies in her book which i don't know if i mentioned there are fucking loads of them um seem to show some really positive results in this area so mental contrasting Essentially, you spend your time doing a positive fantasy, a positive visualisation about how things are going to go well. And then you get a bit negative with it. And you start thinking about all things that could go wrong. And this isn't to overwhelm yourself or induce a panic attack or anything like that. This is just so you can really imagine all of the obstacles that you are likely to face. Because that's very important. Because you probably will face obstacles and it's not that you have to go looking for obstacles and it's not that you have to start thinking well let me make this more difficult for myself because let's face it life tends to do that for us it tends to just throw stuff in our way so if you are into positive thinking don't worry you don't have to bin it all together but make sure you start doing some form of like mental contrasting so there was lots of studies um, that supported this view of hers and then I think it was early 2000s or late 90s she linked up um, with this guy who I can't remember his name, but he focused on intention and implementation in terms of getting getting your goals. So, what is your intention? My intention is to get better at jujitsu. What's my implementation? Go to jujitsu more. Quite simple, and it essentially just aligns people with right. What's my intention? What? How am I going to implement that? That's quite simple. Um, and and from there they created this like if and then statement. So if something happens, then I will. They join those together, mental contrasting and intention and implementation, to create M C I I. Um it's it's not very catchy, uh, which is why she then eventually turned it to Whoop. Um and a lot of the studies in her book kinda of point towards Whoop being the most effective method of setting your goals and achieving your goals in comparison to positive thinking or negative thinking alone. Now, this brings them both together because at the start of WHOOP, WHOOP is the method um, in which you can set your goals. So if you've got a pen and paper at hand, maybe get that out or get the notes on your app and write down WHOOP. So the first W is WISH second O, first O, outcome, obstacle, plan that's how you are now going to set your goals I mean you don't have to, you can do whatever you want um, this is how I'm going to have a go at it if I decide that I want to set a goal soon is so the wish, what is your wish? what is it that you want to do? what is it you want to get better at? if you achieve that, what is the outcome? What's what is so good about that? obstacle what is going to get in your way because stuff like we said will get in your way think about it think about it in detail think about all of the little ways that you could be prevented from getting to your goal now when I say all the little ways I don't mean in terms of like um, a meteor comes out the sky and just crushes everyone you know and love dead and and you're the only one left on earth like let's be realistic here most of this stuff is about being feasible as well which I'll I'll come to in a moment. But what is is an obstacle? Maybe you haven't got the time or maybe your family are demanding a lot from you or your friends are demanding a lot from you so you don't feel like you've got the time to do this particular thing. How would you then overcome that? That's where the plan comes in. That is when you do the if and then statements. Because critically, this just prepares you. This is just planning for the plan to go wrong, essentially. I remember when I was... Marines and I I guess in school as well probably they said it's like piss poor planning prevents peak performance or something so planning is obviously a good thing I'm not much of a planner myself but I'm giving it a go for the purposes of uh, this method because I do think it's quite good now when it comes to you doing whoop it doesn't really matter what you choose it to this goal can essentially be on something massive or can be in something small the important thing is you're just planning for the obstacles that are going to come up So to give you an example, weirdly, I've chosen that your wish might be to read more books. So if your wish was to read more books, what would the outcome of achieving that wish be? I guess you'd be more literate, you'd be smarter, you'd probably be more compassionate, you'd have a good understanding of different mental models of thinking and understanding of people's different lives, and that would be great. So what would the obstacle um, be to that? So maybe time. Okay, well, I haven't got time to read. Uh, Something's getting in the way. Let's dig a little bit deeper on that. What is it that's preventing you from having the time to read? What are you doing that means that you're not being able to allocate time to reading? Because within that 24-hour day, you've probably got some time to find in there, and it probably wouldn't even be at much detriment to your day at all to find, say, like 15, 20 minutes for reading um, each day. So as an obstacle, let's put right. So if I haven't got the time, I will... Find time the next day to do it, and I will start scheduling it in. Because if you haven't got time one day, it's likely that you're going to think that you haven't got time on another. So you might as well make a schedule that means that you read every day. Therefore, your wish is done. You can read more books. Um, so use this WHOOP method. Give it a go on something that you're planning to do this year. I think it could be really helpful. Um just because you you get to do the positive thinking part, you get to do the nice visualisation, you get to sit there and you get to get clear on it and I'm sure you can write it all out and it'll be beautiful to look back on over the next couple of years. But the important thing is you then do the negative thinking part. And don't just skip through this like lightly. Like f- To make this work, you do have to consider a lot of the options of things that are going to go wrong. You know probably what gets in the way of you achieving your your goals. And it is this is a lot about personal responsibility, which I like. Because stuff is going to get in your way and it's obviously, it's going to be frustrating and it's going to be annoying and we're not going to enjoy it and it's probably going to make us sad. But it's better to be prepared for that than to have it hit you in the face. And then to be like, oh my God, guys, something's gone wrong in my life. I can't believe it. It's like, what, were you not expecting something to go wrong in your life at all over the next however many years you're going to be alive? I certainly am. Like, I'm, I'm... I am not shy of the fact that shit's going to go wrong and I'll probably be pretty sad at different points during my life. But I feel like that's quite a comforting realisation to have. Is it so like when sadness or obstacles come up, at least I'm not shocked by it. At least I get to spare myself the cortisol increase of shock when something comes up. Like, I'm kind of, I'm I'm expecting it. And I guess that can be seen as quite negative. And I do worry about that sometimes, that that is quite negative. That I'm like, well, stuff's going to go wrong. And I sent an email yesterday uh, about the new way that I look at happiness and, and it, if you didn't read it properly, it could have been perceived as quite a negative way of looking at things and, and someone did an email back saying, yeah, well, I like the way that you've looked at things there because positive things don't really happen to me that often and I'm not happy that often and when I'm happy, something always comes along to ruin it. So I've decided that it'll be better just to be miserable. I was like, no, 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 that's not the point. Whatever you're feeling, be there 100%. Happiness is not going to be our default state. So our default state should just be readiness for whatever's going to come up. Whether that's sadness, whether that's frustrating, whether that's joy, whether that's ecstasy, whether that is just happiness or contentment, whatever it is, you just have to be there fully with it. Giving yourself a default state of, hey, I'm going to be miserable because uh, every time I'm happy, something comes along to ruin it. It's like, yeah, every time everyone's happy, something comes along to ruin it at some point because you're not happy all the time that's how things work but that is not your license to be miserable and the fact that I'm saying that I hate positive thinking that doesn't mean that I'm a miserable person or negative or focusing on the negatives I'd say that I'm actually kind of like a rational optimist essentially but my expectations on how things are going to go isn't always going to match up with how things do so it's important that you implement Little things like this, like wish, outcome, obstacle, plan, this whoop method, so that you can reach your goals, essentially. That's that's the point of it. We all want to achieve some stuff, and then we can look back at the end of the year and be like, yeah, satisfied, I did stuff, because that's important. I think it's very important that we just do stuff, you know. We have to tick things off as we go along. That's, that's my uh, little bit of nugget of wisdom for the year, is just do stuff, everybody. Do some stuff, make yourself feel good, trust in yourself, build some agency, and then things will be alright. And even if they're not alright, does it really matter? Because it'll be alright at some point. I guess I'm like a Buddha now, just accepting the suffering, which is important. My flatmate's just started reading Why Buddhism is True. I've just did an episode on that a while ago, a very good book, I recommend reading it. This book, though, Rethinking Positive Thinking, you can listen to this episode and pretty much get everything you need to do, you need to know, or just go on YouTube, type in Gabrielle Ottingen, and there's like a 15-minute TED Talk of her explaining it, um, along with some of her research as well. So save yourself the money on buying the book. There are plenty of other good books out there, and I will try and bring them to you as quickly as I can read them, essentially. So if you like the idea of this whole I'm... I'm I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I have just started reading a book by Oliver Berkman. He is a English journalist, lives in America. I'm speaking to him in February about his book 4,000 Weeks. Um, but he also has a book called The Antidote, um, which is happiness for people who hate positive thinking. So you can imagine I pretty much got a boner when I found that title um, of a book. And I've started reading it and I'm loving it so far. I'm only 10% in. But I'm happy to recommend it. I think I think it'll be great. I loved his other book. He's a fucking amazing writer. And he speaks to my heart. So you might like it as well if I speak to your heart. With that, thank you very much for listening. You absolute legends. This year, I can't really tell you what's going to go on. Um, and I can't really tell you how consistent I'm going to be. But I'll be aiming for two episodes a week. And if I don't hit that, then it doesn't really matter, does it? Because perfectionism is the route to not getting things done. So... This is the first episode of the year. You are absolute legends. I've got a 2021 review coming up. I've got a review of The Sweet Spot by Paul Bloom, who is actually um, the reason that I came across um, Gabriel Ottingen in the first place. I've got conversations coming up with Dan Mary Surter, who is the CEO of Heights, the founder of Heights, which is one of the sponsors of the podcast. And of course, if you want to get your brain supplementation correct then you can get 10% off with the code need to read that is in the description there so supplementing your brain is probably a good idea it's like a whey protein shake for your brain so i have got Dan Murray Serta coming on I've got Dr Rachel Kent from King's College University to talk about social media and mental health because I, I feel quite passionate about that at the moment because I don't really know if it's necessarily a good thing and I've spoken before about how I feel quite conflicted sort of working in that space because of the way things go. And so I'm really looking forward to chatting to her. That's coming up soon. Um, I'm going to Mexico on the 10th. So the consistency of podcasts in January is going to be up for debate. But I think I can pull through. I think I can do it. So if you're if you're happy to join me, then then stick around. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, would you mind doing me a quick favour? Just give me a five star rating. It literally takes you two seconds. Uh, this podcast has been twenty five minutes, so twenty five minutes for two seconds. You know, it's it's quite a good trade off, isn't it? So with that in mind, in the description of this episode, there are links to the sponsors, sponsors like BetterHelp, or there are links to sign up to the email list, which is quite important, which where I'm very much focusing in 2022 of becoming a better writer so the emails should be getting better and better as the weeks go on so either subscribe now or subscribe later it doesn't really matter um, but the link is in the description you are an absolute legend for listening thank you so much share it with a friend if you like it i love you goodbye